Snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. He's going for Landry down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Touchdown, Nick Chubb. Mayfield's got the snap. Looks right, throws right, end zone. Touchdown. Anybody's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am your host, Andy Lytle. And holy smokes, this is episode 10. It's flying by. Um, shout out to all the listeners. I appreciate you guys. Again, uh, I say it every episode, but I really do mean it. Uh, all the feedback that everyone's given me is it's been a little uh, it's been humbling and overwhelming. And it, 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 I'm just glad it seems a lot of people are enjoying it. So I just want to let you know I appreciate you. And, you know, with every episode, I'm always rolling solo, but I always have a guest. Uh, and today is is no exception. Um she is the digital content producer for News 5 Cleveland. She is a Emmy-nominated journalist. Uh, her name is Cameron Justice. Cameron, thanks for joining me. You rock. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you rock for having me on. I appreciate it. This is really fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. Um, we were talking a little bit before we started. And, uh, it's... This is the first time we've actually ever like talked in person or virtually, whatever. In the, in the COVID area, this is this is in person. This is as good as it gets, I think. Right <laughs> yeah, this, this is it. So, uh, but I followed you for a few years now on Twitter, and uh, you've always come across as just someone really fun, funny, uh, sweet, and 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 you're really talented at what you do. And it's 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 nice to finally get to talk to you. I appreciate that. All the kind words, you know, Twitter's not always nice. We talked about that too. So I appreciate that. I always try to just, it's, it's social media, just being yeah. myself, have fun. <laughs> and, but also like, that's where I put my work at. So like, if you enjoy my work, cool. If you are here for the good time and having fun and me cracking jokes and getting excited, stick around. It's fun. It's fun stuff. We just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twitter. We, we were just talking about that too. It's I, sometimes I wonder how Twitter is free. There's no doubt about that. I think eventually, I mean, I think they rolled out something recently where people can start charging for their tweets or something. I yeah, saw... you can like tip people for their content. <laughs> I, <you> know, <laughs> here it's, we are. <laughs> yeah, here, here we out here, man. We out here. Um, so I, I wanted to have you on, uh, other than that, you're just a really cool person and, and, uh, and, all that's obviously I wouldn't ask you if I didn't think you were a cool person, but you, it was just draft time. We, we just got out of the draft. Um, I was, I was not fully vaccinated yet. I got, actually got my second dose the day after uh, the Friday after the first round. Um, so I didn't get a chance to make it back, but it was in Cleveland, which was awesome. Obviously. What was that? What was that experience like? Because uh, you were there for all three days. Uh, what was the vibe around the city each day as each day went through? What was kind of the vibe you got from the fans and even just yourself, just being able to kind of just be right up in that and and share that moment with everyone? Yeah, it was first of all just incredibly incredibly well done. Uh, I for you know having 
of the COVID situation and not knowing if it was going to go off and, and then, you know, having to plan it and then continue to change the plans with all of the coronavirus, you know, updates and how the pandemic unraveled. I think they did an amazing job. I think that it felt more normal than anything has in over a year. And that for me was the most exciting part because I've been doing all of my coverage from home in my living room. I don't leave this place. <laughs> I'm just all yes. here. And it's just, it's, that's become the normal. And it's, right. it was so nice to like, you know, sit down in that media center, get my computer out, <laughs> not be working from my living room. Right. But then getting to walk around and interact with people and meet fans. I did a story about, you know, the reception of other teams in the city, like in Cleveland from out of town and how they felt about, you know, the city. And I got to talk to at least one fan from every single fan base. And it was just really, really cool to be That's able to cool. talk to people. From and every I, fan base? That's amazing. 30, 31, I found, I found a fan from every <laughs> single team. It took me three days. I bet. <laughs> there were some of them were hard. Washington was a hard one. There wasn't a lot of football team fans there. That's, that's a pretty far way to travel. But sure. We found them. They were here. And the reception of the city, you'd think that if you read the article, you would think that I like bribed these people to talk <laughs> about the city. They were more than happy to talk about Cleveland and how much of an ex- like of, of a great experience it was. And I think it's because not only is Cleveland obviously a great city, yeah. but yep. for a lot of people, this was the first thing that they've gotten to do in so long. And so I think just getting back to normal and feeling, you know, the event, a, a sporting event, even though there wasn't yes. live sports going on. And then there was concerts and there was activities oh, yeah. and there's stuff to do. And there was people, a lot of people. <laughs> and it was just, it felt really, really good. So the vibes were great. I think everybody really for them, I I saw everybody just like getting along. People were talking. It was good. It was a really, really good time. And that's not even to mention how well the Browns did. Yeah. So all of that, I mean, it was, it was an incredible experience and I'm so glad that I got to cover it. I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry that you missed out, but anyone who yeah. wants to go even for just like a couple hours in a single day, I think like, I can't speak for them, but I'm, I'm assuming that they had a really good time because there was even in that rain on that first day, oh, yeah. that chilliness, it, you couldn't be taken down any kind of notches because it was just such a good atmosphere. Just it's such a good vibe to be in a live event. It was a coming out party, essentially, of people being trapped in their homes for over a year. Um, so it, it was kind of really good timing in an essence, because even though we're not fully through COVID yet, um, a lot of a lot of people are getting vaccinated. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are getting vaccinated or fully vaxxed. And it, it was it, it, it was like because, you you know, Cleveland fans and I'm, I'm one of them as far as being obsessed with the draft. Like I. I it's one of the most my, one of my favorite sporting events to look forward to every year, as crazy as that sounds. So f- for the fact that it f- for for the people of Cleveland, like the first big event for them to just break out of their shells uh, to be the NFL draft and have it be in Cleveland. That's awesome. And I'll say this. I obviously watched it from my TV. It looked gorgeous. That setup, that production that they had, holy shit, it looked good. 
it was incredible. And that I think was another big thing. It, it showed the city of what you can do with that space. Now they cleared those warehouses out. They put that stage right there on the lakefront. Sure. Obviously they took it down because it was temporary, but that space is open. So yeah. what are they going to do with it now? I think this set a really nice precedent to the city of, hey, we could have an event space here, even if it is temporary in the summer, yeah. build, just build something real quick, rent rent that kind of stage area and have a summer concert series there and just bring in people because that location is amazing it, it, and it's a great it spot. and you gorgeous. wouldn't have known it before the draft because there was those two empty warehouses right. there and it was not being used now you've got that space and it just really put that highlight on cleveland and kind of made a maybe push the city a little bit to make the city even better and, and get those more amenities and more things happening in the city and i think this is hopefully the first of many things heading that way and heading to the lakefront because that's a great spot that's man I, I i was sad i couldn't make it i would have loved to um i'm in the vegas area that's where i'm at now and the, the draft is going to be here next year so maybe i'll get to go to that one um <laughs> yeah i have to yeah not maybe what am i saying yeah what are you also, talking about they're gonna have the, if they idiots. do it the same way they'll have the stage in the fountain yeah are you kidding me it's gonna be incredible i might go to that one just to see how it goes i just drove by the uh raiders stadium uh, a few days ago holy oh it's beautiful holy smokes it looks incredible oh it's gorgeous um (laughs) when we when they announced the opponents i was really hoping that the browns would play the raiders in vegas me too (laughs) i was like let's go i'm gonna cover that one on the road guys (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i'm heading um yeah it's i i was hoping to obviously (laughs) i was hoping myself too but the schedule is coming out on wednesday so actually this will drop actually this will drop on wednesday so the schedule is coming out today uh when this drops (laughs) um but i'm looking forward to looking at that schedule because i'm definitely going to be picking a game to come back home for uh so i i i I got i got travel plans to make you release this damn schedule already please please i love it um just to switch gears a little bit we'll get we'll get back to the draft here in a second uh one of the things on this show cameron i we we, you, you you met, you mentioned I had Hayden Grove on a few episodes back and Hayden, I just talked and bullshitted for about an hour and 40 minutes, just about everything from music to, to the Browns to everything in between movies, all that stuff. I like to just kind of get to know people a little bit. And I know you're from Akron. You went to the university of Akron as well. Um, and I know, you know, you are a journalist and you are working, you know, there's some subjective you have to be subjective about things nowadays, you know, a little bit, even though I'm sure you're, you know, you, you, you can't see. That's why I could never I almost went to Ohio State to, for, for journalism and I wanted to work in the Cleveland media eventually someday. That was a lot of 20 years ago, life, lifetime ago. But I, I was like, no, I can't do that because I'd be I'd be the I'd be the idiot up in the press box going, yeah, let's go, chum. Let's go. You know, like and I no, I can't do that. But what has that balance kind of been like? Because. I'm going to assume I'm pretty 99.9% sure you grew up an avid Cleveland sports fan, correct? Correct. <laughs> yes. So let's go back to that a little bit. When, when did that, kind of, when, when did that love kind of start and what uh, started it and what kicked it? And I think I was just born into it, you know, yeah, I, same. I mean, my, yeah. Yeah, I think I've got pictures of me one, two years old wearing my Cleveland Indians <laughs> gear and that was where my birthdays were. I always had my birthdays at 
Jacobs Field to yep. date myself. <laughs> yeah, yep. And and that's you know that's how I spent my childhood. My first fish, my first pet was a fish, um, and its name was Sandy Alomar Jr. <laughs> So really the tribe was really, that was like what started me in sports baseball. Okay. Like my family was a big baseball family. Awesome. Like watch all the games. Yeah. Mine too. All that good stuff. And then, you know, with the Browns, it was almost a little less. I mean, my grandma was a really big Browns fan. My mom was too. Um, and my dad was, but yeah, the team moved when I was young. Yeah. And there, there was no football in Cleveland for a few years. And that was like my formidable time. years. That's what I, I was young. I was very young, but young into the point where you still, you know, that's when you start really like liking the team. Yeah. Uh, so there was no team. So obviously we had the Browns gear and stuff. And I watched other teams until they came back. And, but when they came back, it was, I mean, you know, you know how those, <laughs> those years went. Oh, <laughs> I know. I, I was at the, it was funny. The, December 17th, 1995, I was 14 and it was my dad's 39th birthday. So my dad was my age uh, then. It was my dad's 39th birthday. It was the last game before they moved to Baltimore at Old Municipal. Yeah. Yes, I was very, I was very young, but it was, it was one of those things where it was like, all right, well, there's no football. So it was definitely, you know, baseball, baseball, baseball. And yep. the Cavs kind of fell by the wayside of growing up. We watched basketball, but not they as much. did. It was like in high school, late middle school, early high school for me, where I really started like falling in love with basketball too. Sure. Um, and so, but yeah, it's been Cleveland sports my whole life. I mean, if the game is on, we're watching it. There was just like, there was a hierarchy <laughs> and it's kind of switched around, but you know, my, I mean, I don't think that I had a choice. <laughs> I, yeah. I honestly no. don't like. <laughs> so you're in that boat you didn't really have a choice just like. No, myself. but I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> oh, me neither. Absolutely not. So with with that like love and passion what was that like kind of i mean obviously it, it's kind of maybe a silly question because you're a professional and you got to be professional but i i'm sorry I, I i wear my emotions on my sleeve and 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 i'm just a very hyper and, and eccentric kind of extrovert anyway um but that transition from diehard cleveland sports fan to subjective journalist like just talk about that a little bit because I I, th I find that fascinating because I don't know if I could. Well, I think I know I could do it. I just don't think I'd want it. <laughs> I think a lot of people really could do it. I don't think yeah. it's as difficult as people make it. Yeah. I think some people try a little too hard to be subjective. Right. In a way that they're lying to themselves. Because Exactly. I mean, like not everybody who covers a team is from that area. So maybe you're not a fan of that. Team. True. But the, the fact that you're in sports journalism and sports media means that you enjoyed sports at some point in your life. Let's not kid anybody. Yeah. I, and I, I try to like let people know that. I don't know if everyone understands that a lot of people, and I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but a majority of the people working in sports are fans of sports. Now, maybe not necessarily the team that they're covering, but you don't get into that if you don't like sports. Absolutely. That's why if you try to put that on. And I don't try to hide it. I don't try to sugarcoat things. I like sports. Yeah. I like to watch sports. I like to talk about sports. I like to cover them. Um, but when, you, you know, when you're talking with your friends about sports, as much as you're a diehard, yeah. you also can criticize the team. People do it all the time. Absolutely. And I think it's just taking off the, like the rose colored glasses, sometimes seeing what the team is for what it is. And fans do that a lot. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not, that's not just something a journalist can do. I mean, anyone can really do it if you want to. Sure. And, and so that's where I kind of try, you know, I'll, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve on Twitter and, <laughs> I know you like, do. and I'm here I for it. That's what the 
point of social media is. Absolutely. But when I'm writing my articles, I'm not, you know, going into it rah rah fangirl. I'm 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 sitting back. I'm looking back and and I'm analyzing what the actual what is actually happening. Not just from a, from an outsider's view, from an insider's view. I try to weigh it because I think both views are important and I think both views tell a story and without both of them, you don't get objectivity. If you just try to like distance yourself and look in from the outside, well, then you're not objective because you're looking at it from the outside. Sure. I think you need, you need both. You need to have both. And that's, that's kind of how I do my work. And not everybody does that. Um, and there's, there's different ways to approach things. That's how I, that's how I do it. I, I don't, I'm not going to lie to people and say that I don't enjoy watching <laughs> what I'm watching. Right. That's that would be a lie. I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's not, it's not a painstaking task for me to sit down and watch a Browns game. Even when they were not doing well, it wasn't mm. a painstaking task for me to sit. Now the outcome was a little painful. Sometimes I have to mm. write about this again. How am I going to cover this? But yeah, overall, I mean, it's, it's, I love what I do. And I think that's really what matters in any career. you got to like, you should love what you do. Passion. Like, Passion, passion, passion. Bring. So I don't hide it. I mean, I like, and it's any <laughs> team. If I was covering any, any other team, I would, I would feel the same way because I I'm doing something that I love and Absolutely. I love, I love watching sports. I mean, <laughs> like if you, like, if you're telling me that I get to cover a football game, I don't care if it's the Browns or there's some teams, maybe <laughs> there are maybe some teams, but you could, you could throw me, you know, in a, in a Dolphins game and I would enjoy covering that. Sure. I mean, it's just it's great it's a great it's a great time so i don't hide it i like sports <laughs> all right what's your favorite sport to watch uh you know like i said there was that hierarchy mm-hmm. um and so right now it's football yeah um it's been football for a little bit um but it's very close second with or like the Cavs and and basketball are a close second baseball has kind of fallen off the wayside i'm excited for this pickup if i hope the league follow suit with all these guys that are coming up like Fernando Tatis Jr. Yep. And, and this excitement that's going on with these players. I think that's really what the league is missing. Oh so, gosh. You know, who knows where that puts baseball in the, in the grand yeah. scheme of things. If they right. accept that and that starts becoming embraced around the league, I think, I think baseball, it's a great sport. It really is. I mean, I grew like that was the sport <laughs> that we yeah. watched when I was a kid. It was I would just love to see that. It was my favorite sport growing up as a kid. It was the one I loved playing the most. Um, if I had to pick one to, that I liked, yeah, for sure, baseball. They just, I, for the life of me, in the last 20 years or so, they just do not know how to market their stars. They just don't know how to do it. I know. And I think there's, there's enough stars coming up and coming out with personalities that I think mm-hmm. they're going to have no other choice but to embrace it because I think they've been pushing back yeah, really hard. And the more players that come out with these attitudes and these, these fun gestures and these, I'm, I'm listen, you can call me out if you want. And anyone who's listening, I'm a big bat flip fan. I Oh, and any pitcher who gets offended by the bat flip, man, shut up. (laughs) If Trevor Bauer gets the pitch with an eye closed and no one says anything. And then you know, people get mad when uh, uh, someone hits a home run off of them and covers the side. That's wild. No, that's fun. Ugh. That brings that kind of competitiveness and that I, I like it. That's why I was a big fan when, you know, when celebrations were allowed back and I like it. I, yeah. I, I, I like to see the players having fun yes. and embracing what's going on. I think it makes the game so much more exciting. I'm not a it fundamentalist. Does. Makes it more I, organic like, too. Yes. That's what, that's what, if you are out playing a game, in the backyard 
at the playing a pickup game at the court. You're gonna you're gonna have some words to say. You're gonna have some that's what it is. Like absolutely, it, it makes it fun. And that maybe I don't know where the majority and the minority fall in that, but like yeah. I'm here for it all day long. Give ba- me more. <laughs> baseball needs more of that stuff. I mean, like I think Mike Trout, for instance, the only thing I've ever seen him marketed on is a subway commercial. That's it. I think that's it. Great. Mike loves Mike loves the, the footlongs from Subway. Can, can we get him on like SNL? Can we get him doing something else? You know, like the NFL, like you think that they would t- start MLB would start taking notes from the NBA and NFL. I, I just I don't know. I don't know. if I, I hope it changes. They There's have a, to. They have to. They have to. They have Unless to, they to fall by the weights. They have to. I know. <laughs> I know. It's sickening. It's sickening. Well, uh, let's segue way back to the draft a little bit here. Uh, day one. Um, I follow the Browns closely, uh, v- very closely every every day of my life. Um, and they had a player fall to them at 26 that I was praying would be there. And that being Gregory Newsom, the second out of Northwestern. Kind of as that first round was unfolding, I know when I was watching, I was I, w- I went over to my dad's, we smoked some ribs, and I was just pacing around his house the whole day. Um, as that each pick was coming in the first round, it wasn't Greg Newsom, it wasn't Greg Newsom. Uh, what was the what was the vibe as picks started to come off the board and the board was falling a certain way? What was kind of the vibe? Because I again, I wish I could have been there, but. W- Talk about that vibe as day one was unfolding. Yeah, it was just kind of you, you saw these players and you saw a lot of different, not just Greg Newsom, but all the other players. Yes. You know, falling. JLK, very yeah, it was it was wild. And like Justin Fields, he was the one that. Yep. Yeah, everyone was kind of watching him first because you figured he was going to go before, you know, any of these Browns targets because it yep. was like the quarterback and it was just not happening. And so it got a little confusing. <laughs> and everyone yeah. were, I think the people around me were just, you know, were just like bantering and talking about, you know, what what's, what's happening here? What's going on? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm thrown. And, you know, right before uh, the Browns had their pick, I did a Facebook live with my coworker, Derek Forrest, and we were, uh, talking about, you know, what we thought the Browns were going to do with sure. the 26 pick. And he, I think was like a little more leaning towards the side of linebacker. And I kept trying to convince him that they are going to take a cornerback. They're going to take a cornerback. They're going to yep. take a cornerback. Andrew Barry has been saying it. He, he could not have made it more clear. I'm telling you, yes. and I could see obviously a linebacker is a need, uh, yeah, but I was, sure. I was like, listen, it- I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't, try to Andrew Barry puts it out there as it is he doesn't sugarcoat things no and he's been very adamant about the fact that you can never have enough corners so I was like especially in this defense you cannot right. have enough corners and safeties in this defense and I was like it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a cornerback Whew. and all right 26 came Greg News I mean he was on my list of guys that, that I thought they should target yep. uh, in that position and I mean they had their eyes on him the entire time and, they, and he fell to yeah. them and they that was incredible. It was real that the guy they wanted the entire time yep. was just right there for the taking. And so it was really, it was, it was a really cool vibe. I think some of the fans were a little disappointed, not in the fact that they got Newsom, sure. but just because they had their expectations of what position they were going to take and what the Browns needed the most. I think that everyone's going to be very happy with that pick come 
come the season yeah, uh, yeah. And, and you see what he's really able to do I think that more people are going to fall in love with the fact that they got him at 26 but now with everything now that the draft has unfolded I think people are going to love it even more because not only did they get Greg Newsom at 26 mm-hmm. but the guy that everybody wanted at yes fell to them it was like split like mo- people wanted J- half Browns fans that seemed wanted JOK the other half wanted Newsom and we got them both <laughs> See, and I was that was I was a really big Jeremiah Wusukormo fan. Yes. I, I I was like, let's go get him at twenty six, take him, yeah. let's go. But I had a feeling. I knew that wasn't. Gonna, I, I knew they were going to take him at twenty six. And then sure. I was like, I was like, you know what? They got to trade up. They've got to trade up if they want him. They've yeah. got to trade up. And in my mind, I thought they were going to have to trade up much higher. Oh, I. So, you know, when the picks we got into the thirties and the early forties, I was like, well. And I, I looked at the guy that was sitting next to me in the, in the media center. And I was like, no, Jeremiah was for the Browns. So I wonder who they're going to get. <laughs> I, and here we are just a couple of picks later. It, incredible. I think I, I read a, uh, I think the night it, it happens that they, that they got uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. What, Jake Trotter tweeted out something from ESPN stats and info. It said that, uh, JOK had less than a third, what was it? Less than 1% chance to make it to pick 37. And the Browns got him at 52. I I can't, you know, we've, we've both been following the Browns for a long time. And, and especially in the last 20 years or so we've gone through regime after regime, after regime, uh, just bad pairings of GMs and coaches, bad pairings of presidents and GMs and, and, and regime, just, just poor regime after poor regime for whatever reason did not work out. Now we have Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, which is just, uh, it's, it's, I, I, they're a godsend. I, 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 I can't with, I, here's why I appreciate Andrew Barry so much and why I just think he's so talented at 26. He was disciplined enough and did their homework enough to stay put and let Newsom fall to them. You know, like I think some GMs might've panicked and moved up to 20, moved up to 19, moved up to 21, somewhere in there. And he didn't, he stood pat. Then in the next round and Andrew, like you said, Andrew Barry puts his cards on the table. If people just would listen, he said, I don't know how many times we will, we will, we will be aggressive in building this roster. He has said that over and over. So what's he doing in the second round after standing put and being disciplined and standing put and getting Newsom the first, he moves up in the draft to 52 to get JOK. I just can't applaud the dude enough. And the fact that the guy's five years younger than me is just blows my mind. Like when I was 34, I think I was for a side gig. I was still a door guy at a bar for a second. <laughs> and this guy's running the Mike Brown's organization. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's set my timeline for success just on a whole other plane. I don't, is he's made, he's set the standard to an unrealistic levels. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, I've literally been reevaluating, reevaluating my life to the fullest the last years just because of Andrew Barry. It's wild. It's wild. And he's, he's just done a, such a great, he's such a great job. And so early on yeah. in his career and to come out like this and come out so strong and, I really just, it's, it's really nice to see the Browns get it right. Um, But get it right across all fronts. You know, they, they got their coach coach of the year. (laughs) I mean, 
first year doing yep. it. Coach of the year. Yeah, and he's my age too. And all these people are young. He's my I'm, age. I don't. I'm going to be very disappointed in myself. They're not that far off from me. Uh, and when I get to that age, and I'm not anywhere near that, I'm going to look back and be like, "What could I have done differently?" Yeah. Nothing I, really, I, because I'm not that, not them. But man, they are. It, it's just so impressive to to see them. Yeah, so young and yeah. so new in this, and already succeeding at such high levels. It's yes. just like out the gate, coming out strong. It's it's really cool to see after all of these years of missteps and mishaps with the coaches and the GM. Oh, it, it, it's, it's insanity. It, it's, it's just some were, some were set up to fail. Some were train wrecks. Uh, it's just, it, they just could never get it right. And I, I've discussed this with other guests too, and I'll just bring it up with you real quick. It, it, it's so fascinating to me because if you go back to 2016, which was only five years ago, um, you know, we would the O and 16 and fast forward five years where they're where they are at the fact that they they went through three regimes to get here and that in only five years it's obviously not how the haslam's drew it up uh i kind of i've always i've always compared it to andy dufresne the shawshank redemption they had to they had to crawl through a half mile pipe of shit to get to the clean on the other side and it's just so i feel like part of it honestly how everything worked out, how you 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 brought in Sashi Brown to tear it down and acquire all the assets. Then you you part part ways with him and you bring in John Dorsey to hit on some draft picks, make uh make a couple acquisitions via trade like Landry and OBJ. Then you cut ties with him, and then you bring in this regime of Barry and Stefanski and everything. It's just I can't help but part of it's luck, man. Like there's, there's yeah, there's, no, it honestly, it's, it was almost in the cards. It faded, you know, yep. <laughs> the Browns had to wait so long and they went through so much misery. It was, they were just due <laughs> watching the roulette reel. Like, <laughs> roulette wheel is just going around and around. And you're inevitably going to have to hit, right? You're going to have to. So here we are and just take advantage. And like, you know, shall say redemption. They, they crawled out. Now they get to live happy life on the outside. yeah yeah not exactly red red goes <laughs> to the beach and finds andy yep yep good times <laughs> yeah that's kind of what's going on now um let's talk a little bit about uh this past season because um you know hadn't been a lot of good the last 20 years um the geez even go back to the freddie year that was even though yeah that was just a weird year good 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 yeah. gracious. That was a weird year. Um, but this this past year, what was it just kind of, I don't know, like, had to be pretty cool to cover it. <laughs> I mean, it had to be amazing. Had to be amazing. It was such a, just a breath of fresh air. <laughs> it was just so different to be able to you know, sit and analyze the good. Yes. And, and not break down what they'll need what kind of overhauls they're going to need who their coaches what quarterback be. are we going to target what in the draft quarterback are draft? It, it, it was just so different and so like this is what other people get to do with other teams <laughs> this yeah. is what it's like and so it, it was really it was really interesting and just it was i i loved it i did it was really cool to be able to do that and it was also you know a little 
frustrating at times because you know I'd write a story and you could see for me at least you could see that this was different from yeah. the start but it's not the same old browns this is different even in a lost you could tell yeah. that it wasn't it wasn't the same but you would you still and I can't fault anybody I can't because sure. you know, there's years and years of misery pain pain I get it <laughs> and so you know after that first game and I I tweeted like hey don't freak out. It's yeah. going to be okay. I don't think this is the same thing. And, you know, my, my mentions were messy. Oh, <laughs> they, they can be. They were mad. They were yes. like, you can't say anything. I was like, well, I'm just saying that it doesn't feel the same, <laughs> but okay. I'll check back in in a couple weeks. And, you know, and, and when they started, you know, they started winning games and they started looking good and playing well. And, even there was still that hesitancy of people to Absolutely. accept that this was real life and this was happening. And so, you know, I got that, they got the bad feedback. Like, you don't know, you don't know. I think this is a little different. I think this is a little different. I'm and not, it is. there's nothing to be, they wanted like negative stuff. And I was like, they're conditioned. Really We're, right now. We, we are so conditioned for pain. Cameron. <laughs> it's, 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 Everybody wants it. They want it to feel we miserable. Crave it. Give me the pain. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because I and I, and, you know, you've got your groups of you got the older, even people who are older than I, I am, you know, let's say let's say 40, 50 plus. I mean, they're even used to pain. I mean, it's been since the 80s since they saw anything really worth a damn. There was a couple years in the 90s with the Belichick teams where they were good. But really, it's just been since the mid late 80s. The two 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 groups of people that I felt happiest for, honestly, were that because of this turnaround the browns turnaround that is people browns fans under 30 that's number one and number two people in the sports media in cleveland media yes i was so happy because i've i i've for years defended a lot of people in cleveland sports media for you know getting attacked on twitter for being so negative and i'm like what the hell do you want them to write about that you got a quarterback who left the team wearing a fake mustache going by Billy in Vegas the day or two before a game. What, they went one in 31. What, what do you want them to write about? So there was nothing positive that came out no. of that in that moment. And that's, I mean, and you can, the only positive stories you get to write is, in those situations are what can the Browns do in the off season? Yes, <laughs> Who, can they fire? Who can they bring in? Who can they draft? Who can they pick up in free agency or trade for? And those right. are the, that's all the positive stuff that you can get. You really, there was no, even to the point of, you know, things outside in the community, like there were obviously the Browns players were giving back in, in some senses, but sure. for the sure. most part, the overwhelming headlines were those trips to Vegas from Billy, (laughs) what are you doing? I mean, I remember when, when, even when, before Johnny even stepped on the field after he was drafted, that whole summer was just him on a swan, him with the money phone, (laughs) all types of other just stupid shit. And I'm like, I, I know people were getting mad, like, oh, it's no big deal. I, I've said this many times on the pod and i've said this many times on twitter i never wanted johnny menzel n- zero desire uh it's i'm never i'm not always right and i'm wrong more <laughs> than i am right that's for sure but that was one i was actually right about 
But like, you take pride in that because there's a lot of people excited oh, about that. Oh, signs, I, everyone I, thought it was. It's Johnny it has football, its baby. own hashtag in Brown's Twitter. It's known that era is known as the Manzel Wars. That's what <laughs> <laughs> it has its own hashtag. I am happy to report that I survived the the Manzel Wars. <laughs> it was rough because some of these. And look, man, I and I, I get fans like I, I never get mad at people like for some people just get too mad sometimes on Twitter. I never get like mad at them, like because you are very stead in your opinion. But like, dude, it's just my opinion. I think the guy's a jackass and I don't think he's going to translate. That's pretty much where I, all I was ever saying. I, I think there's a tweet going back. To, I had it was during his last year at a and I think I tweeted something to the effect of. Johnny Manziel will be a mobile Ryan Leaf in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that, did you, that, you have that still? That's your receipt? That, that's that's the only receipt that I will ever like. I might even just print that out on my and, and hang, hang it, up, it on the wall. <laughs> frame that bitch and call it good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, the media, I, I, I was very happy for media members because a lot of you guys have taken a lot of shit over the years and you know it i mean it's i've seen and i feel for my colleagues i do because they've been doing it longer than much longer right. in some places than i have right and had to go you know i was covering the team in 2016 for the university of akron so it wasn't, yep. i wasn't getting paid to do it i was just it was a sure. learning experience i was doing it but i was doing it and yeah. it was it's like i can't imagine you know all of those years of just i mean i can't imagine because this is what i'm kind of working with on other teams that I'm covering, but, and I mean, it was for them. I think I was like, I was excited for them as well. Like, okay, here we go. Like yeah. now you get a nice change of pace. It's like almost a new job. <laughs> and, and and look what's happened. And I've, I've made, I've said this to people since they've, since the Browns have had the turnaround, look how, look how different the articles are now. Like, because, because they have something positive to write about. I couldn't yeah. imagine that. Those Hugh Jackson, Sashi years, my goodness, I could not imagine writing about that team every day. I don't know how they did. I don't know how you, all of you did it. I'd have, I, it, it, <laughs> I would have lost my, like, it was hard enough for me just to read it and listen to it on Sports Talk Radio and all that and, and watch the games. That was painful enough. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the Cleveland media is a group of people I am most happiest for. I appreciate that you think of the Cleveland man. I don't I know how people think about the media when it comes to things. So was, I appreciate that about you. Absolutely. <laughs> because look, at the end of the day, y'all are just doing your job and you have, I want like, do people want you to lie to us? I don't want you to lie to us. Be honest. That's all I care. If you're, if you're being on, see, that's the thing. I think people can't, can't, like differentiate that like someone from being honest or that they just don't agree like th there's a different okay if you if, if you don't agree with them that's fine but they're just being honest <laughs> like they're, they're 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 paid to give you their insight opinion write about report all that so that's and my thing of, is like, not, ahead, everybody is for, not everybody is for everybody you know like no that's true too like, and, and so like my approach is not, you know, appreciated by everybody. I find myself randomly, somebody will tweet me and then I won't be able to see it. And I realize it's because whoever it was blocked me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Who I didn't even, I was just, you? 
I don't, okay. I was just trying to be, I was just trying to have fun on Twitter, but that's the thing. It's like, my thing isn't for everybody. Not everybody, my colleagues, not everything that they do is for everybody else. So I think that that's a really big thing. If if you're not finding what you're looking for, you know, in one person, instead of dragging everybody down, just move on, find somebody else. We've got a lot of great talent in Cleveland. There really are. A lot of people have been doing this for a really long time that are great at it. A lot of people new and upcoming that are great at it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that you can do and a lot of places you can get your information and you can mix it up. Get yeah. some stuff from here, get some stuff from there. I just, there's there's no need to be so cruel and mean. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah, like, I just don't see it. I'd like, yeah, I've just never understood because man, I, I like as someone I like I don't gosh, the last five year, years just reading Mary Kay Cabot's mentions. I just I, I'm like Look, man, you cannot like her article. You you cannot agree with her, but Jesus, don't be mean. <laughs> like, I will tell you, she has some of the toughest skin I have ever seen on a you, person. Yeah, guys. She just, she just keeps grinding and doing her job despite it all. So yeah, I mean, if I can get even halfway there with the with the she's been skin, doing I it for I did something great. I mean, for 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 crying out loud, I read her in the mid nineties. In the early nineties, I think yes. I started reading her out of the plain dealer probably when I was 13 years old. Yeah, she's been I, doing this <laughs> a long and she's seen it. I mean, she's seen it all. So it's like, you know, I just I wish people could separate Brown's Twitter, separate disagreement and being mean. Stop being mean <laughs> to people. Stop being, just stop being mean. Just it's, move on if you don't like right. it. Move on. Good grief. So more about this exciting. 2020 season which was definitely the highlight for me of the covid year as i like to call it the browns were definitely the highlight of the of 2020 for me for the entire calendar year um what what were you uh where were you and what were you doing for the wild card game against pittsburgh i was in my apartment (laughs) (laughs) were you working yeah i I covered every game yeah yeah so yeah i mean it was it was unfortunate that i had to you know be at home yeah (laughs) for it i have not felt that kind of atmosphere yet um hopefully this season's a little different uh, back to normal but it was still you know i didn't matter where you were it, it didn't matter where you were it was still but you still you got that sense of atmosphere just being wherever you were Absolutely. for that game because oh yeah man i i will say i did i did have a very strong feeling they were going to win that game i did too I, I, I did too. I, felt deep down I bet on the money line actually. Yes. And I never, I don't bet a lot. And I did. I, I, I live <laughs> in Vegas where it's like easy as hell to do so. And I walked up to the sports book and put $200 on the Browns money line to get in that wild card game. I did. I, I listen, I don't, I don't blame. I, it was like a feeling. It was just, it was just yep. that feeling. I, I was, you know what? They, they want this bad and they have the talent to do it. The only, the only question for me in that game was just, you know, is the defense going to be able to right. hold their own? And right, <laughs> and here we are. And they, <laughs> oh, you know what? Okay, all it, right. It makes it it makes it a lot easier on the defense when you drop twenty eight points on their ass in the first quarter. Yeah that that whole that 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 whole first quarter was. I've said it before. It was like I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was like an out of body experience, like from the the first play of the game, the, the bad snap. And then just the, the, the watching Ben, just like an old man going back to get the ball. It was so I unreal, wrote, unreal. You know, that, unreal that, that, first, that first, that first, that botch snap. I, 
was ready to go. I my computer. I was like, all right, let's go. Ready to cover this game. That happens. So I hop in. Let's write a story real quick. Like Browns get off to a hot start. And then by the time I was even like, I, could, I didn't even pub, I didn't even publish it. I hadn't even published that first one and they scored again. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I have to add this. Okay. Let me add this real quick. And then I, I finally, as soon as I produce it, I go to schedule it for our social channels. Story is done. As soon as I go to schedule it, they score again. Like what is going on? I can't do this. I can't keep up. I can't. No. They are playing. They are playing so well that they are they are making all of these highlight real plays that I need to cover quicker than I can do. Like in the mean, every time they were doing something, I didn't have enough time before they did the next thing. <laughs> it, it was, was wild. I was like, is it this was real? Wild. Is this happening? Is this happening? Is this this can't be real? Like I'm just trying to keep up with them. It was insane. It was that was. Gosh, what a game that was. That was yeah. incredible to watch. Yeah, it was one of my it, gosh. It might be honestly, gosh. <laughs> yeah. It probably was one of the most satisf probably the most satisfying moment I've ever had as a Browns fan. It really was. It's Just hard, that, I feel like it's hard for that not to be one of the Yeah, it's it, it's okay. got to be. I think I think it's number 1. Because I think it was it's just so is, yeah, smooth and just <sighs> like just so explosive it was, it was in, a, in, in a very important time where you know you're everything's on the line right here this, it all comes down to this kind of thing and then they show up like that i think you have to be that's got to be one of your oh, best moments it, it was uh it was like an animal body experience like because it, <laughs> because it was like because the, it, i could feel it and and and, and i think we're gonna I don't want to jinx it, but I, I'm over the jinx stuff. I think that game started the reversal of the Browns and the Steelers. I think I think I think that was a changing of a guard, and I think we're going to look back on that game years later, and I think that's going to be the turning point. That 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 was the turning point. That was when you exercised the demons. You beat your big bully up in Pittsburgh, your big bully brother, um, who let's face it, have been bullying us since they come back came back in '99. Uh, ben in particular, Jesus. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> that I love that snap, that first play, that bad snap so much. It is the when this when my pod when this podcast starts, when you press play, the first one of the first things you hear is the Jim Donovan call of that in my intro. So it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's incredible. So, it is. So I mean, you know, it was a magical year, and I, I just it can't get here soon enough. The, the the 2021 season and this schedule which drops today when we're dropping this it's we're recording this on a monday i can't wait to see the schedule so i can make some airfares and i can make a trip um as far as this offseason goes uh I, I i compare it and again andrew barry i just this this guy this guy five years younger than me i just can't believe that i mean this guy this guy is out here ha freaking having babies in the morning and hitting home runs in the draft by night. Like, <laughs> right. What? Oh, Whoa, what my wife the baby. let me give her a kiss. And back to the, back to the draft room we go. This guy could do it all, man. <laughs> I can't like, what are the chances of that? That his wife goes in the labor has the, I love it. the morning of the freaking I draft. <laughs> that baby was meant to, she wanted to see what her dad had to do. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Oh, I can't. I this off season, I tell you, and it reminds me of last year's off season because 
well, kind of reminds me last off season, Andrew Barry and company, they completely transformed the offensive line to a, from a weakness to one of the best in the league. Um, I, I mean, just through free agency and the draft last year. And then this year, what he did to the offensive line, I feel like he's done to the defense. I mean, there's there's probably going to be set six to eight, seven, eight new starters on. I mean, you got, you know, I mean, pretty much you could trot out a whole defense with everyone they've signed this offseason. <laughs> but I mean, you've got Miles and you got Miles Garrett, obviously. You got Denzel Ward. You got Ronnie Harrison coming back. Uh, Jacob Phillips, uh, I he got some injuries last year. He did play a lot when he was healthy, so he's going to be starting. You know, I've he's going to have a more significant role. It's just it's wild to me how he's transformed his defense and just kind of what's your impression. Obviously, you got to be digging what Andrew Barry and company have done this offseason to repair that how defense. Can, I mean, it's you can't. That's what, so yeah, like you said, last off season, it was about bolstering the offense and then that offensive line, which is a very big weakness and mm-hmm. he did it successfully, you know, and, and now you've got this season and everyone knew it was defense, defense, defense. It had to yep. be right. Yeah, but oh, he yeah. didn't just, he didn't just, you know, a couple pieces here and there and hope no. for the best. You, you've got, you've got Miles Garrett on one end, but now you've got Jadavian Clowney on the other <laughs> end. And not everybody was excited about that. I was. You, you will be excited about that because man, if he, if, as long as he stays healthy, correct. And, and that's what, I agree. And that is another thing that you have to give Andrew Barry credit for is because not only did he get Jadavian and Clowney at a price that was acceptable, you got him in a contract that really plays well for him where he it's, it's very incentive yeah. driven and time driven. And so he's got that. He's got those incentives to stay healthy, stay on the field and yep. you're not going to overpay him and then not get anything out of him. Nope. So very smart move on that one. You can't, you can't go wrong, but then you also got that's Carlos McKinley who he's hoping yes. to come back and, and be impressive. And I think the rotational roster there on that defensive line is going to be really, really cool to watch. And I think it's going to be, I mean, last, last season, wait. you know, if, you, if Olivier Vernon wasn't in there, you know, Port Augustine came in, tried to do what he had to do, but it was, you know, what, what do you, the rotation just wasn't, yep. wasn't there. And now you've got all, you've, you've got that depth where you can have a very strong rotation and you're, you're set at, yes. every, at on every down and every snap you're, you're good to go. And I think, you know, and then with targeting the cornerback situation and you've got, you go out and in the safety position, you go out and get yep. John Johnson the third. That was in yeah. part of whole Kids are excited to see him on the field. Oh Me man, too. that was that was huge. That was a huge wow. Like yeah, <laughs> I know. For Andrew Barry. I mean, you, I keep. I feel like I'm hyping him up a little too much. You but can't. all of these moves, and they're on paper. Obviously, I hate when absolutely people, you know wait until they play. You can wait until they play. Obviously, that is it. That it, that's part of what we're talking about here. You right. That should be insinuated. Yes, you can judge on paper. I mean, you you, you can project on yes. paper. There you go. Yeah. So you've got, yeah, you've got John Johnson and then Troy Hill. Troy Hill. That yeah. was huge. Yep. And then Ronnie Harrison back there still. And then on this defensive, on the, on the interior of the defensive line, I think it's really cool to see them focusing on areas. And yeah, they brought I mean, in, I think, 25 defensive tackles. The half the weeks. roster is defensive tackles. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Tommy Togi, I'm really excited. And, and there's going to be some learning curve there for him. Being Absolutely. In the 
But I think that that was a really, really good draft pick for them. You've got Malik Jackson uh, bringing him in. I think that was like just addressing these things and, and you have that depth and he's, he's focused on so many areas and really yeah. bolstered that up. So you have options and while it doesn't look promising, you still Sheldon Richardson as of Monday, I don't know what happens by Wednesday yeah. has not signed with the team. So no. you don't know if he comes, maybe he comes back even yeah. on a team friendly deal. That's still in the realm of possibility, sure. not as likely anymore. No. But, well, because they've brought in 25 DTs. Exactly. In the last two weeks. <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's not completely out of, the sure. realm of possibility sure. and, and even if even if he doesn't come back you still got these guys that they're confident in and who knows what else andrew barry has in store now they've got these guys they're starting to pick up guys their roster is full they're gonna have to start yep. making some cuts and that's where i'm very this is this is gonna be a strange experience not only for me but i think like browns fans watching yes. this is gonna hurt a little bit so i want them to prepare if you're listening yes. to this prepare because there's gonna be some guys and some names that you like that aren't gonna make the team Yes. Because there's so much talent and there's so many players. You can only have so many and yeah. not everyone's going to make them. And it's crazy to be in that position, you know, where you're it's like. It's so weird. I'm so glad you brought that up because you're so right. The competition at certain position groups this 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 summer is going to be interesting. You are. I am trying to project this 53. I mean, you can if you want, but it's. There's going to be, like you said, there's going to be some surprises. There's probably going to be some casualties. Um, But that, that, and again, but Browns fans, that's what comes with the territory with having a good, damn good football team. And yes, we're not used to it. And (laughs) and that's part of it. That is part of it. Letting good players walk out the door. Here's the thing, Cameron, it's going to happen every year. (laughs) I mean, as long as they stay good, however long this, hopefully this window last for eight eight ten years i hope it does five ten years if it does this is something that's going to be happen every every year you got to get used to it it's a very hard thing to adjust to but it is it, that that just means that they're doing something right and you can only yes. you can be upset i think a little bit a little hurt when you know a guy, <laughs> a guy that you like and you're rooting for doesn't quite make the cut but for the most part you got to be happy because that means someone better did and, 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 and for me, this theme of this offseason, the two words come to mind, the theme of this, this offseason with, with players they've acquired through free agency and the draft. Two terms come to my mind, speed and versatility. Um, did you read my article, Andy? Did you read my- I, I may have, but <laughs> you and I are on the same wavelength here. We really are. And you mentioned your article. And here's like... I just envision this. Like, here's a prime example. Um, we were just talking about uh, Tack McKinley and 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 uh, Jadavion Clowney. Like, I can't wait to see what they do with a lot of these guys because Clowney's very versatile. I could see a lot. I think I think on third downs a lot or just other random downs in general, you're gonna see some snaps where Clowney kicks inside. And now Tack McKinley's on, on the other side of miles. And I just, the, the idea of keeping those guys fresh, moving them around, moving them around the line, moving this, the secondary players, safeties and corners around the field. Uh, you throw in JOK into the mix, which he's just a very versatile player. He's a, I love how people on the, 
the the new big thing on Twitter for Browns fans to argue about is whether JOK is a linebacker or safety. That's my, probably my new favorite thing. He's both. both. <laughs> it's true. He does both things. Yes. He, 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 it don't It doesn't matter. He's a. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> is he good at football? You know. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's all that matters. So I put him where. Part- put him where he's the best. Put him where he can do well. He's a great football player. He's extremely athletic. He's explosive. He's a yes. playmaker. No matter what you use them for. Absolutely. And I love have- I, I love how Paul D. Podesta and Andrew Barry threw fuel on the fire and kept referring to him as a linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can do whatever you I, <laughs> put him wherever you want. He's a linebacker. If yes. they say he's a linebacker, he's a linebacker. Sure. If they say he's a, whatever they say he is. <laughs> That's what he is. My goodness, that whole that whole day he got drafted after he got drafted, and the next two or three days after, all my Twitter timeline was was people arguing if he was a lineback, linebacker linebacker safety. That's going to be a lot of what a lot of these guys are going to. You know, I mean, they're so they've got <coughs> so many different versatile players. Yes, they're going to be plugged in in a lot of different places, whether that be in the regular season or you know whether yep. you know you see him at camp and you're, and they're getting reps in a position you've got even on the offensive front with the guys that they drafted with Felton you've got yeah is he he a running back is he a wide receiver he's both both. he's both and I would love for them to use him he's also a return specialist like yes I mean which they need honestly they've needed that on special teams for a while now I think it's going to be really cool. And that's where that's another area of competition that will be very fun to watch because, uh, you know, we talked about biases and there that is. Yeah. Uh, I, Jojo Natson was the first interview that I ever did. Oh, right on. University of Akron. Yeah. So he was, that's cool. He was at the University of Akron, the first interview, like first player interview is a very cool experience for me. And so when You're I saw him the Browns, I was like, okay, let's go full circle. Here yep. we go. And so, you know, he's they signed him uh, to a new contract. But it's gonna it's gonna be a competition, and yep. he, maybe he makes the team, maybe he doesn't. Yep. Uh, but because they have so many different players that can do that, and you've got even like Anthony Schwartz, he's a he's gonna be probably primarily like a burnout rece- receiver. Yeah. My lord, that man is quick. <laughs> and I I would not be shocked if if they're gonna give him in training camp. Schwartz is another one. They're gonna give him reps at kickoff returns for sure. You've yeah. got so many different options there, and so yeah, I mean. I, I just it's there's so many players that can do so many different things and will probably do so many different things. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't if they're telling you that they are something or they want to try them out in, in a spot that maybe they're not particularly used to trust in them because yeah. they're seeing things. And, you know, maybe maybe we didn't see it. Maybe you didn't see it. Maybe I didn't see it. But there's so much versatility that I I'm not going to doubt anything until it's tried and proven you know if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but i would never fault anybody for you know is jeremiah lusicoromo a linebacker put him in linebacker he's a linebacker (laughs) yeah until he shows me that he's not on the browns then i he is what they want him to be yes they're gonna he's he's just both stop arguing about it on twitter it's not that big a deal he's gonna be a good player guys i promise well, I, I, I don't want to promise you that, but I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I don't think there's any promises that can no, be made, but no. I mean, logically, you have to assume that, that boy can tackle, man. I've, I've holy smokes, and he loves. I love that's what he said after um, after he got drafted 
Uh, I think it was when he agreed in the media. I just, he loves the tackle. <laughs> His favorite part about the game. Yeah, I exactly. love that. And they, <laughs> they need that. that. That defense needed that part. They need a lot of things on that defense. Yes. It's crazy to me because it's almost like this offseason is just what Andrew Barry and company have been able to do. It just blows my mind because, I mean, they have almost pretty much. I mean, yeah, they could use another depth that maybe corner. Hell, I, I would say they, they could use maybe a little bit more depth in the secondary and corner and safety. But. Like they've pretty much filled just about every hole on that defense. And I don't know how he's done it. Cause here's the other thing that I, I don't think he gets enough credit for how him and his cap team structure these contracts. It's incredible. Like I think I, so I read something where while, while Troy Hill's contract is like six, seven million a year, I believe, or seven million a year, he's only like a million and a half cap hit this year. What? Oh. They've done so many with these voidable years and yes. it's insane. I The way it, their structure is, <laughs> it's changing the game, Cameron. It's changing the game. It's it's innovative. It yes. is, it's ingenious. <laughs> it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. All of the ends. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I, I just can't wait to get uh, this season started. Um, what's uh, what do you got on tap? Uh, anything? Uh, what do you got coming up as far as like covering covering stuff? You what are you working on right now? What's going on with that? What's what's deep? What's going into your professional life a little bit? Into the professional life. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm just, you know, working on working on some stories about some players, uh, some features that'll drop here and there. Um, we'll have a story about the schedule after it comes out today. <laughs> yeah. Today. <laughs> uh, so we'll have that. I'll try to get a schedule breakdown that might come the day after. Um, yeah Thursday but yeah just just you know trying to maintain coverage get some in-depth with these new these new guys uh give some insight to who the Browns have on their roster and then as we move forward very much looking forward to writing these stories about the competition at camp and it's gonna be who makes the cut it's gonna be it's gonna Normally, it's usually You're kind so of right. It's it. I think that honestly, it'll be a crapshoot towards the end of it of, of some of these players that are kind of borderline. Mm-hmm. But they they all seem like they could be that fit, but it will be, I think, down to the wire. And I'm really excited to see that. So we'll get that coming up when when the time comes. They start, you know, heading to Berea and working out. <laughs> How many money? All right. We're this is dropping the day of schedule release, so, but we're recording this on a Monday. I want you to predict for me how many Monday night games the Browns going to have. So I think there's going to be multiple. Uh, I can see multiple, and then there's also now the ability to flex. Yes, that, that's the, the little night. wrinkle. Yes. yes, yes. So now with with this, you know, this media deal the NFL has figured out with uh these stations there's now that one of it's part of that you can flex into that monday night spot so on the schedule you might not see as many monday night games but that doesn't mean that they won't play additional monday night games true they can be flexed into that i they also increased the max um primetime games that teams can have yes which is smart like because like do, you yeah. really, do, do I really want to watch Jacksonville and Houston on a Thursday night? Not really. Or Not so. many people are no. very interested in that. No. <laughs> so then now you have that. So I think minimum for me, the Browns probably 
the minimum is five. I can see them having five primetime games and I don't know when those will fall because of the ability to flex in and out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll, we'll see with that. I'm, I could be wrong. I've, I've been saying, no, I'm right there like, with you. But I'm... there is because, and that's, I think that's like the wild card here with that ability to flex into those additional nights and into prime time. Mm-hmm. I think it might, I, I would, I would not take it as a slight if there were less primetime games initially scheduled sure no because yeah. as the season goes on you could flex them into that yep. and there's more opportunities for that so at the start when this when this releases i'm not going to be you know like oh what are you doing the browns are good why are you not doing that because there is that ability now if you're halfway through the season and there's been no browns flex and then they're playing well then you have an issue and then you can feel a little slighted but absolutely uh, I, I i do think they're going to be featured quite a bit this season because it's hard not to want to watch them no, no matter who that, you are of course you don't even you don't even have to be a browns fan because they're no. an entertaining team and, and that's and, the thing is there's there's the people who are not browns fans you know all over social media and all over these forums and these chats and these comments and they're just they are also enjoying watching it now so a lot of them hate it they're what are you doing yeah Same old browns but you, you these these games when you get a game like that wild card game mm. <laughs> against the steelers how can you not want to watch that how can you that's exciting it's exciting football absolutely so, I think that I think you'll see them featured quite a bit because they're yeah. they're a team to watch with the with the way the roster works, the way they're playing these games. Yeah. You you want to watch football like that. That's the kind of games that I want to watch in a primetime <laughs> slot. And, and the NFL is not stupid. They they know damn well if the Browns are on Sunday night, the ratings are gonna be really good because every Browns fan in the world's gonna be watching. <laughs> they they know the ratings are always great when Browns are on. So yeah, I'm gonna I honestly, I think it'll be, I bet I, I'm going to say whether it's flexed or not, uh, after the season said and done two Sunday nights and two Monday nights, at least I, I and obviously a Thursday. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the, again, I, I the NFL is not stupid. They, they know, they know. Um, I will say though, that they, they did give the Browns after the 07 season, a, sh- a shit ton of primetime games the next year. And then I think they went four and 12 or five and 11, yeah. but that's, these are not the same old Browns. This is, different. It is not. Yes, it- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Justice. This is this Cameron justice. I just called you justice. What is wrong with me? It's fine. Yeah. I like Actually, it. I, can I just say this real quick? <laughs> I fucking love your name. Your name. <laughs> it sounds so good. Cameron hey, Justice. It does. People, I have been asked if it was a fake name. It's not. It's it's a real name. And this is a fun fact. You're the first person I've told on any podcast. I don't think anyone really knows this. Yeah. Um. So my two family names that I could have gone with, um, was Justice, which is my last name. Okay. I also could have been. My last name could have been Player. <laughs> so <laughs> Player. Player. <laughs> So I think we were working with some pretty good stuff there. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you can't go wrong with either of those. <laughs> that name gives us Justin. What's up, player? No, that's that's. I'm telling you, <laughs> man. There's a family. We have a family member that has the customized license plate, and it says player. That's the. That's the I love plate. it. I love. I mean, it. you got to work with what you got. It's fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. It is. It is true though. That's so funny. Because I, I always like, man, she's got a cool name. I like Cameron Justice. I love that name. Thank um, you. Before I get you out of here, uh, I do a little segment at the end of each show that I like to call Five Random Ass Questions," where I just ask you five random ass questions. 
Um, could be about the Browns, but a lot of it, most of them are usually not. So it, it, Brown's question could be in there, but it's just, just basic random stuff because I want to get to know you better. I'm here for it. All right. You ready for five random ass questions? So ready. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ex- I'm here for it. All right. Number one, hit me with two. I know you're a foodie and so am I. I love food. I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge foodie. Uh, hit me with two must-have meals from two from from two different food spots in Cleveland. So, like a meal and the place. Two of. Okay. All right. First one. Uh, I'm gonna be very basic, and everyone's gonna listen to this, and they're gonna be like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing this?" Um, but as overrated as a lot of people think it is, I go my go-to is Barrio. I love Barrio. Oh gosh, I yeah. knew I knew you were gonna say. You guess knew what? I was gonna say. I said basic. I love Barrio. Barrio <laughs> is amazing. So. Gotta get a barrio taco with it's gotta have the uh chorizo in the shell. Yes. And then the chicken. You throw some onions and poblano peppers on that bad boy. Get the chipotle crema sauce on it. Some lettuce, a side of sour cream, because if they put it on there, I mean sometimes it's just, it's just too much. It's a lot. Yeah, do it yourself. Get it on the side. And then you mix up the salsa on there. Not too many because then it comes drenched. You gotta less is more. <laughs> I love and no, I, I don't it, I love barrio. I don't care what I anyone love says. it. There's nothing overrated about barrio. Nothing. Uh, and I can and tell you, I've I've been out west for 20 years where you can find a great taco on every block. I wouldn't say that's like a consistency back east, like it is out here. Just like out here, we can't find pizza and there's great pizza on every block back east. So, <laughs> but yeah, I respect barrio. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. And then my second one, are we, are we doing downtown Cleveland or just well, like wherever you want? Hell, it could even be Northeast Ohio. I know you're from Akron. Could be even Akron I am from spot. Akron. Yeah. No, I'm t- okay. I'm torn. I'm going to do a little half and half. Either sure. a pierogi from Rudy's Strudel. Oh. Because yum. Where's or, that at? Where's that at? That's in Parma. That's in Parma. Okay. In Parma. I've never been there. You I'm, have to I, go. And I love pierogies. Get some pierogies. Yes. They are delicious. Um, and then I'm going to throw in a little Luigi's pizza in Akron. Beautiful. I've heard of that place. Never had it either. I've heard of that place though. Very good. Get half the cheese on your salad and it's like a big staple, but if you're in downtown (laughs) Cleveland, you don't want to go South. You don't want to go to Parma. You don't want to go to Akron. It's fine. Go to sauce the city, get the Cleveland hot chicken sandwich. Ooh. There's a picture of it on my Twitter somewhere. You're going to drive (laughs) into it. Find It it. It's and there will probably be another picture on her Twitter eventually as well. I'm, the next time I go there, which hopefully will be soon, I will take another picture because it, <laughs> it, the food looks great and it tastes great. So there's, oh my gosh, there's so much food. You just put, that was yeah. a big question for me. Yeah, no, I know. And I, have to make I, I know you're a foodie and I had, <laughs> I had to ask a foodie question because I'm a foodie too. I love to cook and I like eating. I just love food and I love it all. So I'm, I love food. <laughs> me too. Don't worry. We're, we're not alone here. Um, okay. Number two. I have three names for you. Give me the first word that comes to your mind when I say these names. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Now, one word to describe these names. Number one, Paul Dolan. Yeah. Frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, poor Uncle Paul. All right. Um, frustrating. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've been frustrated with Paul Dolan for... Eh, pretty much since he's on the team um like have to be it's hard not to be and it's not some of it some of it's not even his fault it's just no, it's not that he's it's in not. so it's, it's frustrating not. just 
It felt it felt the most encompassing. Yes, frustrating. That's that is an excellent answer. Okay, second name. Kevin Love. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of a dickhead with these questions. Uh, this, this one was me being a dick. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> one word to describe Kevin. And if it's how you feel now, that's fine. Overall, I will just say, I'll say grateful. Grateful. Thank you. Grateful. All right. Because that encompass it's it's both because there is a lot going on right now. And yes. It's not, you know, and that's why he's in this question. <laughs> I am grateful that he was on the 2016 team. If you know me at all, you know that I'm a big Kevin Love fan. Yes. Uh, you can check out my Instagram. There's some proof on that. Absolutely. <laughs> and so you know, but it, it, it there is that that tornness because there you know, the past was great and that team was incredible and i appreciate him for everything that he's done but there is these moments right now there yeah like, oh come I, on guy I, I don't know what to do with this kevin love situation i don't know how to feel because i love the guy i do i really do always have and i still yeah. do um like he played the best defense of his life in the biggest moment of his career yeah. Oh, lockdown, lockdown, Steph Curry. Oh down. And so I'm grateful for that. No matter what yes. happens, no matter how this unfolds, no matter how messy it gets, I am still forever yes. grateful that that happened the way it did. So, and, and I think I'm a little bit probably, I have more empathy for uh, Kevin too, is the whole, the whole mental, how outspoken he's been about mental illness. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of us deal with it. I know I've dealt with it for a lot, large portion of my life. So I can relate to it depression and all that stuff so part of me you know i I don't want to use that as an excuse that what he's acting like now but i'm i'd be lying if i told you if i'm not a little bit more empathetic towards him because of that i feel that yeah so all right that was yeah i'm I'm kind of a jerk with that question (laughs) um all right the third one we still got one more name uh give me one word to describe when i say the name freddie kitchens Misery. <laughs> Misery. I don't. Wait, you 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 didn't like being first in goal from the two against the Rams and throwing four times? You didn't. You weren't a fan of that. Listen, Freddie Kitchens as a person is a great, great man. guy. Great, He's such a great, fun guy. Right. Freddie Kitchens as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns yes. was misery. <laughs> It was it was just painful. It was just yeah. painful. I'm just really glad that experiment is over and we've yes. moved past it. It was a very unfortunate season. Yes. Uh, I don't even blame learned. I don't even entirely blame Freddie for it because he can't he didn't hire himself. Exactly. No, <laughs> he didn't exactly. Hire himself. He I don't think put, that he was ready for that. He was not no. ready for that moment. He was not prepared. That was not the position he should have been in. He was put in it anyway, and you can't fault him for applying and you know trying of course if someone Definitely offers you a head coaching job in the nfl you're gonna take it but that was not his moment yeah and it was painful yeah it was one of the one of the more disappointing brown seasons of my lifetime and that's saying a lot because oh, so. i mean the the expectations the hype. it was the, the hype. hype baby the it hype. hype it was the hype Whew. All right, number three. Okay, I always try to throw one of these in here because just I, I don't know if it's me just being selfish and I want everyone to like what I like, but it, it is what it is. Um, I co I don't know if you know this. I co-host um, a horror movie podcast. Uh, it's called Dead in Santa Carla. We just actually dropped 
episode 121 this week uh we we talked about happy death day from 2017 a really good horror comedy um so here's my question number three three of my favorite horror movies the last 10 years are get out the conjuring and don't breathe so i got get out the conjuring and don't breathe have you seen any of these and if you did what did you think of them get out is one of my favorite movies uh loved it yes i loved us too Oh gosh, Jordan Peele is a Jordan Peele is a genius, fucking genius, <laughs> genius. Yeah, those oh. movies are incredible. And and here's what I think: the other ones, The Conjuring. I did not see it. I did. What was the third one? Uh, Don't breathe. A really good uh, horror thriller from 2016. No, did not see it. And I'm going to really disappoint you here. Yeah. I am not a horror movie fan. <laughs> Don't worry. I... Every guest I have on is not. <laughs> The only one that was was Lane Atkins from the OBR. Everyone, <laughs> everyone else, no, what, what? I don't like horror, dude. I don't like scary movies, and yes. it's my thing. Is like I don't, I don't like to feel scared. <laughs> like no, I, I like to feel happy and good. And so like horror movies, that's not my jam. Like haunted houses in the fall, all my friends are like, let's go to a haunted house. I'm like, you yeah. go without me because that's not my. Th- I sure. don't. I, it's just not something that I want to feel. Now, when I say that, I like thrillers. Yes. You know, like this the scary movie, like scary movies that have like a bunch of gore and yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, crazy yeah. stuff, like and like ghosts and stuff. Sure. That's, not my, that's not my thing. But sure. like that's why I think I, I really like Get Out and Us because they were like oh. psychological yes. thriller horror movies. And what? so that's that's kind of what I tend to like if i'm gonna watch a horror movie it's gonna be more of a thriller type movie yeah i equate get out is like just just it reminds me of just an amazing episode of twilight zone that's what it reminds me of and then us us is actually it's a slasher but it it, it's one of the most unique slashers i have ever seen and I love Jordan Peele and I, a, any movie he writes and directs that's coming out in the future, I will be there opening night. Yes, absolutely. Um, you said you like thrillers. Don't breathe. Um, while it's a horror, it's a horror thriller. It's a home invasion movie, but it's not your typical home invasion movie. If you like thrillers, I highly recommend don't breathe it's excellent okay see i was like yeah like i my thing was like a quiet place was like oh, oh gosh I, you know what's funny I, we're, we're recording that episode tomorrow that'll drop next Ooh, monday yeah 122 well, <laughs> yeah this month on dead in santa carla we're doing modern horror uh okay. stuff that released in the last 10 years so uh quiet place is one of them yeah Good choice. Good choice yes. to talk about. Great movie. Sequel, <laughs> sequel comes out in a couple weeks too. And I do. It, here's the thing about horror too that I found: they are fun to watch with. Some, they're more fun to watch with someone, whether that's yeah. a friend, a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Uh, they, it is a lot more fun to watch them with someone. It, oh, I'll it, never watch them by myself. And she's ready to slap me through the Zoom call. I can see it. <laughs> and that being said, I do watch true crimes about like serial killers sure. by myself. And I don't know. I, I only watch them when my boyfriend is out of town, sure. like working out of town. And I'm up by myself and I'm watching these. And I'm like, what I, why am I doing this to myself? What, what, <laughs> in what world would I have chosen this? Why did I do this now? But I do, I do that to myself. So, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm knocking horror movies because I don't like to be scared. But then I do this to myself. So it's yeah, the kind no. of fear. It's the kind of fear. Yeah, it's the kind exactly. And there's, <laughs> you know, 
I, I, there's, I'm just a huge film and movie buff in general. I was raised in a video store as a kid in the eighties. My dad first opened up in 85 when I was four years old and he had them all the way up through, uh, when I graduated high school and after I moved to LA and all that, and he had them for all those years. And I, I even studied film acting for six, five, six years uh, in LA when I first moved out there. So that's your thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just a huge, it's so funny. Like I just, I love all types genres of film and movies, but horror. Yeah. Horror is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm wearing a nightmare on Elm street three. Yeah, you are. Oh my God, I didn't even notice until yeah, just now. Yeah. Yeah. wearing a nightmare on Elm street hat as we speak. <laughs> um, but uh, okay. But don't breathe. I, I think you'll like it. It's excellent. Oh, I, I will watch. I'll get back. I will watch it eventually. You yes. might have to give me some time. No, no, no. no. It's, it's, yeah, I'll no. Now, why you watch it tomorrow? Like, you let me know by the end of the week. No, that's not what I was saying. If it's too scary, I'm going to come for you. It's okay. I'm going to be so mad if okay. I'm having reoccurring nightmares. Because I don't know what this is about. If I'm having reoccurring nightmares <laughs> because of this movie, we're going to have I, some problems. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I will say. It's, 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 it's a thrill. It's a horror. It's a thriller horror. It's a part of both. Okay. Um, why it's like I don't want to say it's necessarily scary, but it is ultra intense. It, it the, the tension in that movie is a 12 out of 10 for pretty much you get about 15 minutes into it, and once you hit that 15 20 minute mark, it is just tension just 12 out of 10 all the way through. Okay, yeah, all the way through. And it's in like I said, it's like a home invasion, like a home invasion is kind of like a subgenre of horror. Yeah, it is. I, I would classify this as a home invasion thriller, but it's not your typical home invasion movie. No. All right. I'm going to I'm going to watch it. I'm probably going to watch it sooner now. You've sold it very well. Yeah, now it's very, very well done. It's shot well. The sound editing is incredible because that sound editing is so big for horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sound is so great. Uh, yeah. Check it out. It's so good. I think it's on like FX now. If you have a FX. You I do. I do. And I'm. Yeah, I think it's going to happen this week. I'll get back to you with this. <laughs> right. Well, I'll okay. report back and I, tell you how I felt about it. I love it. you. I, I hope you like it. <laughs> I hope you like it. All right. Num- number four here. I got Andy got his selfish horror question out of the way. Uh, Lane, Lane, you're the only guest so far that has loved horror that's been on the show, but you, you, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't win them all. All right. Number four. Coolest moment for you personally working in sports media. Just a cool moment for you. Okay, that well, that one's easy because it yeah. just happened. <laughs> okay, cool. It was on Thursday, the morning, bef- like right before the draft. Okay. Um, I got to help Miles Garrett surprise a class of fourth grade students. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, that was really, really cool. So they had painted this incredible mur- mural uh, and Kevin Stefanski's on it, Nick Chubb's on it, Baker Mayfield's on it. And Miles Garrett's on it. And they sent it in, um, and just like sent us a picture of it. Sure. And I was like, oh, cute. So I just wrote a quick little story about it because I was like, this is adorable. I love this. Um, and then somehow that story and the picture of them and that mural got back to Miles Garrett and he saw it and he saw those kids and he saw what they did and he was like, I need to meet those kids. Aww. And so, uh, you know, through, all, through working between them and the school, we were able to uh, get him to the school and get that moment where he surprised them um and he you know he walked in and they were they the, the principal was in the 
in the lunchroom, they were all separated. The fourth grade class is in there, socially distanced, and they were separated. And the, the teacher had the mural on the wall and they told him they were just going to talk about like the cool stuff that they did. And uh, as he's talking about the mural to the kids, he was like, so good job with your work and like good, like your hard work has paid off and it's a really cool thing. And you were on the news and, and but how much cooler would it be? if we got this mural autographed by one of the players and then he introduced Miles Garrett in Aww. and then Miles Garrett walked through the doors and surprised them. And there was all these, Oh my gosh. And cheers, these kids gasping because they were just so, so surprised. I love and it, it was just, it was adorable. And then the kids, then Miles did a, a Q and a with the kids and, and the kids got to ask him questions and there was no limit of what kind of questions there were. So he got, you know, how tall are you? <laughs> he got, <laughs> He got how many touchdowns have you scored? And that one was a sore subject for him. He, oh my goodness. One kid asked him how many children he had and what his <laughs> favorite color was. It was just so cute. It was just such a cute thing. I'd probably and ask him what kid. his favorite horror movie was. And see, and he would have you needed to have a kid in there as a plant to ask that question. See, it's stories like that. That's that's an example of why Miles Garrett's my favorite current Cleveland Brown. He's my favorite pl- current player right now. Yeah, that was it was. And he does think awesome, like that all the time. It was it was incredible. And it was just like really cool to be able to see his excitement and like of, of meeting these kids and then to see the kids. So Their reaction. Oh, it gosh. Just, so that was definitely I love it so far. And I think that's probably it, it's hard to top that. <laughs> it's going yeah, to be hard I, to top that moment. <laughs> I love that. It was just so recent, too. That's great. That's great. Good for you. Good, good for Miles. Good for you for doing all that. That's I love that. Love that story. I might cry a little bit now. I right. almost did. I, 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 I would have if I was there. It was it was very sweet. Okay. If you haven't been able to tell some of these questions, I've done a little bit of research on you a little bit. Okay, okay. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, you know, Digging I didn't, in a little bit. Okay. I, you know, just, just you know, just a background check and all that. That's all I did. <laughs> no. All right. Number five. Uh I found out through the internet that you are a friend a fan of friends is that correct the show friends a fan is an understatement I know. <laughs> it's sick it's a yeah. sick it's a sickness i don't know what to do i'm gonna put that sickness to the test it might be okay. easy for you though i don't know All i right. don't know okay i want you to rank these characters from friends for me All let's see the yeah all six of them rachel right. monica phoebe ross chandler and joey I want you to rank them your favorite to least favorite. All right, that's easy. <laughs> oh, is it easy? Okay, yeah, good. I've done this before. <laughs> favorite character. Favorite You're character. Like I get asked this on every podcast. What you mean? <laughs> no one has ever asked me. I just kind of do this on my own in my sure. own head because I'm a freak and I Perfect. love friends so much. Perfect. Chandler is the best character. Love uh, Chandler. Yeah, tell me otherwise. I like to think that we had the same kind of, you know. The, his trauma and his pain as a child <laughs> caused his humor. And I love that. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism. That's like yeah. how I grew up. I was like, that's okay, Chandler. Yeah. I, I yeah. resonate. Matthew with that. Perry's re- really good on that. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Chandler, best character. Second best, Joey, because he's Joey. <laughs> yeah. I also really relate to Joey. Joey doesn't share I... their food. <laughs> <laughs> that's me too. I, I eat everything. <laughs> Sometimes I had the urge to put on all of the clothes in the closet and just, you know, just to do it. So Joey's definitely number two. Um, number three, 
uh, and this is where it's a little tied. It depends on, you know, what episode I'm on. Sure. It's between Monica and Rachel. Um, I think it's got to go to Rachel. For the hair? For the hair. <laughs> yeah, the whole no. vibes. Jennifer Aniston is yeah. still just. She's, she's really talented. What? She's perfect. <laughs> she's come along. She's come a long way since her film debut in the uh, 1992 classic, The Leprechaun. Uh, which is a nice oh, little, no. nice little horror comedy from '90s. I actually have seen parts of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was her. That was her film debut. Yeah. Look at her! Look, so much progress. You love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I think I got to put Rachel at third, and then Monica at fourth, because some just okay. some of the things that Monica does is pretty is pretty funny. And the way she screams no and like she freaks out, I love those moments. So she's fourth. She's See, another one. She's super talented too. Oh yeah, Courtney Cox. She's great. Oh great. She and she still is like every time she does something, I'm like, uh, is she washed up? No. You know what? Honestly, one of my favorite characters she's ever played was actually. I'm gonna keep going to the horror card. Uh, her her portrayal is Gail Gail Weathers in the Scream franchise. Oh she's, yeah, she's great in that. I I seen Scream, but that was like I was a kid, so horror. It's a good one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. Cool. <laughs> And watch the scary movies. It's a great one. That's directed by Wes Craven, uh, uh, the late great Wes Craven, who is a Cleveland native. Look, I did not know that until just this moment. Yep. You know I who? Knew, you know who knew who he was a Cleveland native? Lane Atkins, the only the only guest I've had Please, on here. Lane had me beat here with these horror things. Thank you, Lane, for holding your own. <laughs> but man, I'm not this. I'm not the person to ask friends. No. Friends is this is my jam. Yeah, I got you. This is. <laughs> I did a little research today, so I was prepared. But I'm sorry. We, we, we go. We're go on through. five. Yeah, I think I believe so. Yeah. Phoebe. Yeah. Phoebe's five. Yeah. Because Phoebe has some really good moments. She doesn't also she's, she's funny. Like not, she's not always there. Like she's not oh, yeah. so like she has some good moments. I gotta, I gotta put her at five and then Ross because <laughs> it's Ross. I know he was the, he's gotta be the most frustrating character out of all of them, right? And it just makes me so incredibly and that's not to say he's not funny sometimes. No, he's funny, but, but for the most part, it's just like yeah, you just want to strangle him. He's so yeah. frustrating. But yeah. Yeah. So Ross Ross gets last place. Sorry, Ross. So Friends is definitely your favorite. Is this is this your favorite sitcom of all time? Um it's up know, there. I mean, it's 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 one of those ones. So for me, I love it so much because yeah. I binge a lot of shows. Sure. And I love a lot of shows. But when once I binge a show, I like I'm on to my next one. But in between, yeah. I and it's weird because it's a very long series, like yeah. it's on for a pretty long time. But I use it as a palate cleanser. I watch like I'll binge a long show, like sure, you know, I'll binge through and catch up on something that, that that's like 11 seasons deep or something <laughs> that I just never watched. Like right. I haven't watched Sons of Anarchy yet. Mm -hmm. I, I never watched it. I, yep. I will eventually. Once I finish that, I'll need to watch Friends and binge Friends through as like it cleanses my palate. And then I can watch whatever show I need to binge next. So I got gotcha. you like my go to. But I mean, you have a real system of there of, of TV oh, show binging. This is it's, like set shit. You. you have this is a system. This is a full system, guys. If I'm not watching sports, I'm binge watching something. Gotcha. I don't read anymore. I really should read more books. I, I know. I know. Netflix I and there's Hulu and then there's Disney Plus and there there's so many different options. I know. I've got my Amazon Prime and you've got now Paramount Plus. I, there's so many options. There's so there's, many cameras. <laughs> and I have them all because it's a sickness. And I see something on one of them. I'm like, I need it. 
I need that. And so I sign up for it. And then I end up watching a bunch of stuff that I didn't mean to watch. But here we are. But yeah, so no, funny. Friends is definitely just one of those go-tos. Like, a, like I watched it when I was a kid. I watched yeah. it growing up when it was on. And then like Same. now, and it just, it never lost any kind of funniness or entertainment mm. factor. For it holds up well. It does. It, it really, really has. And so, it, like, I mean, like there was like, you know, there's the shows that I watched, like, you know, my, my wife and kids, that was like fun sitcom I liked. And, you know, Moesha, that was a good Yep. Fun. Oh, gosh, yes. But like, I don't know. It, I don't know what it is about Friends. I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's that nostalgia effect. Like I remember yeah. watching it on TV. I remember sure. seeing new episodes and like, and now it's still as good as it was when I was a kid. So I love it. That's, it's, it's my go-to. Yes, I love, I love Friends far too much. I love it. No, I'm kind of the same way about Seinfeld the way you are about friends. So I I feel you. I get that. Uh, My my friend, my old roommate, actually, he was he was a huge Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. So he would like I would come home and like he would just have like he would be binge watching Seinfeld. And I never really like I I I could appreciate it. Like there are some episodes where I'm like that's a classic, that's a funny one. Yeah. I didn't get into it the way that like you know I binge for it's it's yeah. It's, but I, I, I appreciate that you have that too. <laughs> yeah, I understand how people would not get into that show because they're not good people. <laughs> like the characters, they're they're horrible people. But it, that's very realistic. <laughs> like George Costanza, Costanza is one of the most selfish, self-centered pieces of shit on the in the world, and he's my favorite character on the show. So go go figure. There you go. Go figure, Cameron Justice. Thank you so much. Uh, for joining me this was a lot of fun um you're welcome back anytime uh i'll have to we'll have to get you on maybe during the season or something i you're welcome back anytime i really appreciate you joining us uh this was a lot of fun for me um get what's this is the time of the show where you get all get all where can the people find you get in all the plugs all that stuff and i'll guys i'll put some stuff in the links in the description like her twitter and maybe her most recent article as well so go ahead Yes, you can find me on Twitter and all the social platforms at Cami Justice. Um, and then all of my work is on news5cleveland.com. You can check it out there. There's a bunch of stuff. Obviously, I'm plugging myself, but there's a, there's a lot of other really good content that, that we put out there too. So news5cleveland.com, you have to definitely check out the work there. And if you're down for the wild ride that is my social media <laughs> experience, <laughs> then you can follow me at Cami Justice. But I'm not for, like we said earlier, I'm not for everybody. Maybe I'm too much. Maybe yeah. I get too excited. Same. I run in the same that. I am me. <laughs> I'm the same way. We are built the same way that way. Because I'm definitely not for everyone. I figured that out a long time ago. Some people, some people <laughs> just don't like loud vocal people. And that's just me. But hey. that's hi. That's here we are. That's me. So hello. Look at us. Look at us in the same boat. We're on the same <laughs> Look at us. on everything. Look at us. Paul, oh Paul Rudd gif. Look at us. Um, thanks again. You so thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. And it, it was it's been a pleasure to actually sit down and finally talk to you because we've never done this before because we live across the country and we just met from Twitter. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. And uh, can we talk to you again? We'll have you on again sometime. I would love nothing more. And we go to Vegas quite a bit. So next time we're out there, I will make sure to let you know. Maybe we can uh, we can get a drink and talk friends. Absolutely. I would <laughs> love show to. Show friends, also as friends. <laughs> I would love to. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want to help out the podcast or you're enjoying the podcast, 
and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave the show a five-star review if you are enjoying it. It uh, definitely helps out the show, helps get it out there more. And uh, also, another way you can help if you want to help out the show is any family friends that you have that are that are Browns fans uh, and you're enjoying the show, you think they enjoy it, share it with them. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's keep growing. And you guys have been awesome. And I uh, really, really appreciate all you listeners. It's been a, I'm having so much fun doing this podcast. Thanks again to Cameron Justice for joining me. You rock, my friend. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode, guys. Go Browns. Hoo, 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 hoo.